word on the welly streets is that people can hardly wait for Mevo, New Zealand's first electric car share, to be launched here this spring. The start-up, which leapt out of last year's Smart Energy Challenge, looks not only set to disrupt the current car-sharing model, but also be a shift in attitude for us must-own-our-own-car Kiwis and become an alternative for car ownership. Founder and environmental changemaker Eric Zeidevelt is here with us in the studio tonight. Kia ora, Eric, and welcome to B-Side Stories on Access Radio. Kia ora, Laurie. It's lovely to be here. Great. So, Mevo, New Zealand's first electric car share about to be launched in Wellington. What is the special source that Mevo is offering that will entice us, you, us to be using it? There's a couple of things that all kind of come together. Uh, we've been working through the Smart Energy Challenge and since then with right. the Wellington City Council a lot. So, We'll be having our cars actually in public space, so they're accessible and convenient and really visible, so people can just walk up and grab them. Nice. Yeah. That makes it easy. Yeah. What does Mevo stand for? So it's not actually an acronym. It's more of a. Oh, okay. It's more of a play on the word move. So we're kind nice. of. Nice. We're changing. We we're kind of helping people to. We hope redesign the way they move. Hence the name. Hence the name. Okay, yeah. thank you. That re- that was something I really was, you know, thinking. Am I not clever enough to work that one out? But there you go. So, how far are you away to la- launching, and whereabouts in Wellington will you be stationed? Yeah, great question. Um, we are looking at launching right now. We're saying spring because right. um, there's there's some very famous founders out there who like to give deadlines and then push them back. Um, and <laughs> I'm trying to. I, I'm sure a few people can work out who I'm talking about. I'm trying to avoid that. Right. Um, so spring at the moment is what we're saying. Okay. Um, and in terms, we're going to be putting the vehicles in groups of three around the city, um, which means if even if two are in use, you can still there's still one waiting for you. Kind of like when you go to grab an Uber and yeah. there's always cars on the network. Um, the first. The first pod is what we're calling them. Um, I, like, be, I like that. Yeah. yeah, they you know go together um, right down by Clyde Key. So uh, Waitangi Park, uh, nice. Schaefer's right in there. Um, nice and easy. Lots of people walk through there all the time. So. Yes, most definitely. And then spreading just as fast as we can throughout the city. As part of the, the Smart Energy Challenge, which is now the Low Carbon Challenge, how vital was this to helping get this, this concept or this project or business off the ground? Oh, it was fantastic help. Um, mm. the, the concept itself is in a thousand cities functioning around the world. So having those really close ties with the city council from day one has right. just been essential. Um, yeah, that's a massive part. And the team at the Smart Energy Challenge, now Low Carbon Challenge, are just fantastic. They connected us with a lot of really, really savvy people around the city. That's great. Well, yeah. yes, and actually it's quite funny, isn't it, that network and who you know, and especially in your space with the challenges, mm-hmm. would be quite critical. And so now... As I said, word on the street, like I have had people saying, oh, I'm so excited about really? me. Yeah, I know, I know, no, it's I true. And I've been, I know. But also, um, you're saying demand is already high, and I've just had to sign up today to get on the wait mm. list. What kind of feedback are you getting from people, and, and what kind of intuitive feelings have you got about the success of this, and at least at kickoff? Yeah, really positive. So, I mean, internationally, it's really nice. We're not really reinventing the wheel. We're just taking mm. something that works great overseas and bringing it here, you see about between 20 and 30 members, because it's a membership service, yes. um, per vehicle. 
And so with the first three, we're already double capacity, but we wow. won't, being a wait list, we won't put all of those people on when we can't make sure the service is super high quality. Mm. We kind of say, you know, we're a user experience com- company that happens to put people in cars, not a car company that thinks about user experience secondhand, you know. Um, so that first that first group of cars will keep the numbers quite low so that they're always available for people and then add more cars and more people. I can't express how fantastic that the thought of that is, you know, that, that the experience is a priority to you because I think that that would be a major barrier for most of us mm. to want to, to, to partake in this Abs- idea. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, there's, there's other models that other companies, mm. for their own reasons, choose, and it works well for them. Um, but to me, I, I, my family's from California. I grew right. up in Nelson. Um, and so I grew up, you know. Two great beachy towns. It's, it's, yeah. not, it's not too bad. <laughs> How do you um, end up in Wellington? <laughs> I, uh, I grew up not far from San Francisco. Okay, so right. it's, a, it's a natural fit. Good. Um, their environmentalism, that's, you know, my parents' generation, Earth Day. Mm. And there's some great, great gains that came out of that space. Um, but what I think most of us grew up with is do less for the, like, choose to do with, like, to have less in order to have the environment benefit. And I kind of think... If we're smart about it, we the inherent benefits of environmentalism should give us more. Mm. Um, so in this, through being smart and sharing a resource, cars mostly get used 3% of the time, but you pay for them 100%. Yes. Instead of driving a, a clunker or, you know, even just something, you know, modest, the little bit of the time that you are using for it and paying for it only, that means we put you in a beautiful Audi that plugs into the grid and runs on... renewable electricity, which is a good deal, I think, for me, at least. I'm I'm not really a car buff, but this this has kind of got me intrigued. In fact, you know, I've I've left the whole car thing behind a little bit. Doesn't mean I don't drive. Don't tell anyone I used to have a one less car sticker on my (laughs) (laughs) back. And now you're the guy. But, you know, you've got a good argument there. But with this, this whole... You know, it makes me think about the Kiwis and how we have owned, we're used to this concept of needing to own things. And now we're we're seeing disruptors like Airbnb and we're sharing spaces in our homes. How how do you feel that, that Mevo will also talk to this and talk to Kiwis about changing this perception? Uh, I think it's the same way that if you, you know, probably 20 years ago, Europe, mm-hmm. Europeans chose to do without cars, as did the likes of cities across the U.S. Vancouver's had car sharing for 30 years, and Americans wow. are more known for their love of cars than Kiwis. Um, yes. And it's growing <laughs> rapidly. Um, like I said, a thousand cities around the world, including all over the U.S. One thousand And that's a stat I was not aware of. I think it's being in, crazy. in little old Wellington, we just yeah. tend to go, we just got to have the car. And so yeah. um, I guess that's where... That whole user experience, beautiful cars that, mm. that fit, you know. When you are going to do it. And it's um, it's the idea that why would I drive a 95 Corolla when I could jump in a really, really beautiful car that I know the energy is coming from trusty, windy Wellington, you know. Oh, I love that. So also... Um there must be financial costs, and I think this was the other interesting thing. The person I was talking to that was excited about Mevo is one of those 
people who are looking to shift, they live uh, in a city and they are keen to maybe start living without the car. And if there's another solution for them, what kind of financial costs could we be looking at if, if we start to choose that as a different way of, of getting ourselves around? Yeah, I mean, it is it is definitely built for people who live in the city or who mm-hmm. are in the city regularly. So we need that density yes. to support the vehicles. Um, but it's, again, you come back to that 3 to 5% use of a car, mm. but you pay 100% of it. Yes. So um, I know the average cost of running a car in Wellington is a bit over 10000 a year. Woo-hoo. Yeah, adds up. I mean, so... I'd like that sitting in my wardrobe preferably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... Yeah, so if, if you model the same amount of use mm. in Mevo, it, it comes in at about half the price um, for arguably a much nicer experience because I mean you're not paying for parking. Yes. You're not paying for petrol. We Hold co- on, we tip-toe, cover that. Tip-toe back. Not parking. No, no. So that's where um, we have the parking in public space, and we've been working really diligently right. with Wellington City Council. So they have a policy coming through um, end of this month that they're voting on, which will allow car sharing providers like us to wow. put cars in. The reason they're doing that because. It's international best practice. It supports car sharing. In Sydney, for every dollar the council puts into schemes like this of lost revenue from parking, they find... It's, I think it's $5.61 return. Right. I mean, I'd like investments like that. Yes. That's a great one. Yes. Yeah. And then on top of that... Every person who uses it, that 5000 they save, goes to our lovely cafes and bars and restaurants and local designers and artisans and all of the things that make Wellington really great. Sounds like a very good scheme. Bless my mum, but I just cannot see her giving up her car for this. So so who who are the types of people? Are you talking to a generation perhaps? Or who, who it, are you talking to? I think, I think in the early days it will look more like that, but really it's something that I don't think will take people that long to jump on. I mean, if you look at the uptake of cell phones or FPOS cards or anything, sometimes it does feel we're a little bit behind down here. Right. But when we get going, we're a small lot and we move <laughs> right. fast, and then right? We'll, we'll, we'll grab it. So pretty much, I mean, pretty much anyone who lives in the city and moves around, which is, you know, most people. <laughs> it's almost like Pam Warhurst. What did she say about food? If you eat food, you're in. So in a way, this is if you if you drive a car or you need to get around, absolutely, you're in. Yeah. Okay, there's a big market there. Um, what about? I guess the barriers with EV, and I think most people are worried about the running out of, yeah. of batteries. So, I mean, we're thing. just incredibly lucky, along with our partnership mm-hmm. with Wellington City Council. The guys at Audi New Zealand have just been super visionary in this space. Um, both the Audi New Zealand in wanting to work with us so directly and support us so much, but also Audi as a as a global brand, their e-tron range, it's a plug-in hybrid. Right. So really, really efficient. The first 50Ks of every trip up to that is um, all electric. Right. And then it swaps over to a crazy efficient petrol. Right. So that means in terms of worrying about range, apart from, you know, the obvious gap in the middle, if you get in in Auckland, you start having to worry about running out at about Westport. <laughs> so that's like a bit over 900 Ks of range. We'll, cho- we'll turn over to full electric as soon as possible. Right. But 
again, it comes back to that user experience. If you're going to get halfway out to YRAPA and start fretting, mm. that's not going to be very fun or even a good product. And so that's really important to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes absolute, absolute sense. So while we can have this amazing car, then what about you're talking about the um, carbon negative thing. Now, now this is another first for you guys as well. Yeah. Can you just uh, explain a little bit about how driving a car is going to make have a carbon negative impact? Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one to get your head around. <laughs> so um, we initially wanted to be pure electric and mm, like I was just saying right. the technology for the vehicles is just it's great and it's going to get there. but we can't quite afford to put everyone in brand new Teslas I mean mm. that's 150 New Zealand per car thousand um, so what what we're looking with the the petrol is we're going to work with a carbon boutique to purchase credits which is like getting a whole bunch of um, carbon credits from forests that are being planted I'm and then they absorb the carbon from the atmosphere. Now, commonly, you hear businesses talking about, oh, we're carbon neutral, which is kind of like you make a mess and you clean it up. Yes. Uh, and I, I assume most people grow up tramping and staying in backcountry huts, but the old adage, you leave the hut better than you found it. Um, what we're doing is for the very small amount of carbon that will be put out um, from the petrol, we'll not only offset that, but we'll offset even more. So every kilometer our members drive leaves takes more carbon out than it puts in to the atmosphere. Wow. So, I mean, the same as over the last hundred years, business has empowered consumers yes. through selling petrol or dirty electricity or whatever it is to emit carbon through their consumer behavior. Yes. We're saying, hold up, we've inherited this situation that's not so great. We need to have businesses empower consumers to leave the environment better than they found it. If you could dream big for Mevo, what, what would your outcome look like? Uh, I would love to see both our cities within New Zealand densify so they, they can be, as fan, all of them, as mm. fantastic as Wellington is in terms of being really metropolitan. Right. Yep. So this kind of makes living in cities a lot more easy and affordable mm -hmm. um, and also means you can connect with the, the region, yes. which makes everything great. And I'd like to see car sharing across New Zealand really just take off. It'd be, it'd be fantastic because having access to a car is great. Owning one, not, not always so fantastic. Isn't it great that <laughs> Wellington will surely have electric bike Yes, with switched on. Oh, those guys are great, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Yes, right. yes, yeah. we're going full electric. Yeah. So that's totally aligning with Incredible. what our yeah. our low carbon capital plan. So, what, Eric? Why are you wanting? This is quite a big risk. It is a business. I mean, it's all stacked up. But what is driving you to make this happen personally? I don't think I could do anything else if I tried. I've, I mean, I've been doing some fantastic other work contracting, and I worked for a really lovely environmental charity beforehand a while back. Right. But it, realistically, it needed to happen, and I looked around, and it wasn't. And so I was like, well, since it's not, I'm going to have to do it. And when I say I, I'm talking about my team, of yes. course. Like, we've all hunkered down nights and weekends, week after week, now almost two years on, lots of Tommy Millions pizzas and <laughs> Tuatara beer and, you know, just done what we needed to do. 
Um, the other thing I'd mention really quickly, sorry for the plug, is businesses. It's a great way to downsize your fleet or do without it altogether. And balancing, like Wellington does really well with its urban space, mm. balancing daytime life and vitality of the city, same with the vehicles, and the evenings and the weekends. That's, that's what's really going to get us to fly.